In honor of our scrimmage today and the wide receivers that played in said scrimmage, we thought it'd be interesting to drop a podcast today. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. everybody. Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson says me. Jimmy Stein as him. Jimmy, um, we had a scrimmage. We did. Uh, We've seen a lot of notes from it. We're going to have an instant reaction. What we had said all week leading up to this, we were talking about what's important to us. Of course, the quarterback battle, which we will probably start there. But I mentioned that I really want a receiver to step up. Unfortunately, I don't think that happened. In fact, it sounds like everybody had a case of the dropsies. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But I think everybody really wants to talk about the quarterbacks. First of all, LinkedIn, thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Um, Quarterback-wise, boy, it is a mixed bag, uh, cornucopia of potpourri of I don't know what to make of what people are saying. I've read notes from everywhere, and it, some people are saying Ty Simpson was awful. Some were saying he was pretty good. Some are saying Jim Milrow separated himself. Some were saying, oh, my God, Dylan Largan's the man. Eli Holstein had a 40-yard run. I don't know what to make of this, Jimmy. What do you have? Right. I think there is a way to simplify it. Look, uh, Coach Saban uh, in his comments, you know, uh, in Coach Saban's comments, he said, you know, that all, all four he, – he, he referenced for us that all four guys uh, got reps uh, with the ones and the twos. Um, that means that they either played with the ones or against the ones, all four. And when he said all four, I think we can safely assume that means Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, Dylan Lonergan, and, uh, and Tyler Buckner. Uh, and, you know, this is what, what I would harp on in terms of – of, of what I would say from Coach Saban's comments and various other things you read about what happened, not just today, but last week too. You got to remember, it's two scrimmages, not just one. This is the latest one, but it's like games, right? They all matter. They're they're all important. This is my this is my take in terms of everybody wants to know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Let's go back to last year. Bryce gets hurt. Jalen Milrow is the quarterback, he, and he starts a game. Basically, plays two games, but but at least a game and a half. Milrow played, not 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 Ty Simpson. Milrow did, and then in spring practice, who took the first snaps with the first team on the first day? Jalen, and then on a day, who quarterbacked the first team? Jalen Milrow. Now we get to the fall, and on the very first day of fall camp, who takes the first snap with the first team? Jalen. What about that that public practice, the third practice that everybody got to see, including me? Uh, it was clear that Jalen Milrow was taking the first snaps with the first team. Then you get to the scrimmage last week and the reports from the scrimmage from people that were there uh, that, that has leaked out. It said, as you know, Jalen Milrow took the first snaps with the first team. They apparently did so again today. So, look, I mean, who's going to start the Middle Tennessee game? I think I think we know this, right? But from there, the interesting question to me, Luke, is, okay, Jalen Milrow takes the first snaps. Does that mean that he's the quarterback and this is all settled? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to assume that Milrow is going to get the only shot. I think what's going to happen is he's going to get the first shot, and we'll see how he does. Uh, and then I think Ty Simpson will play, and I won't be shocked if Tyler Buckner plays. And maybe by midseason, Dylan Lonergan 
understands enough of the offense to get a shot. I think it could be, Luke, that all four of those quarterbacks get a shot with the first team in the games at some point. I think that's possible because I don't think there's a ton of separation. I think the first guy's Milrow, based on, look, it's been Milrow since last season. No one's knocked him out of that top spot. But I also don't think Milrow has played well enough to run off and hide. I, I think he's got a, a, a small lead over the others. And that if Milrow doesn't perform well, others are going to get a shot. And we'll see maybe one of these kids is a gamer who just plays better in the games than they do in practice. But one thing that I think is apparent, a couple of things that, that I would say are factual based on what we've been able to gather, Luke, is Jalen Milrow's getting the first shot. There's not a ton of separation between all of them. And all of them do good things and bad things. And, uh, you know, but I'm overall, I'm not super pessimistic about the quarterback situation in Alabama. Based on all I hear, I'm not super pessimistic. I'm just as curious as everyone else as to how it's going to work out. But uh, but it, it sure feels like Jalen Milrow is going to trot out there when, it, when, uh, when the first team uh, gets the ball. Uh, against Middle Tennessee, I, I fully anticipate Jalen Milrow being the guy that, that, that plays first, and then we'll just see how he does. Okay, and I'm fine with that. Um, I, I think that'd be great, and um, I, I would love for Miller to do it. If that's going to be the case, I sure would like for him to get a lot more reps in these scrimmages. Now, again, Nick Saban's won a ton more games than I ever have and ever will, but my point is, and, you know, Georgia just named Carson Beck the starting quarterback today. You know, Auburn just named Peyton Thorne the other day. Our opponents, the ones that our rivals are beginning to name quarterbacks and have this thing settled, and we're not. And as a fan, as a coach, maybe Saban's got this under control. As a fan, I'm scared to death. Um, well, I do want to read. I do want to read a couple of things from uh, Bama Online where you work, and uh, one, according to a source to Bama Online. Uh, at, at one point, they said Ty Simpson has been the best so far. Now, that was early. He said from there, we started getting information on all the quarterbacks and their performances. Buckner led a 95-yard touchdown drive that was capped off with a touchdown to Kobe Prentice. Lonergan responded with an 80-yard touchdown to Kendrick Law on a busted coverage. And Eli Holstein got into the mix with a 40-yard 40, 40 run, plus or minus, followed by a touchdown to fellow freshman Jaron Hamilton. Um, look. Okay, uh, what that tells me, just like you said, all of them have been kind of good. All of their their bad moments too, and I. This is what we talked about all week leading up to the scrimmage. I wanted somebody to step up, both at the quarterback and especially wide receiver, which we'll talk about next because I'm scared to death there. Um, but it feels like everything's still just this amalgam of everybody's pretty good and nobody's pulling away. And um, that is frightening to me at this stage. Well, no, oh, I, I think the thing about the scrimmage, I mean, everybody, you know, the scrimmage is a day. I, I mean, in terms of we all, we, we all, we don't all get to watch a scrimmage that's closed, but we all get to watch a day. And, and, and here's the thing about a day performances that I've noticed over the years from people that watch, they get very excited about any play that's made and they don't take into context who the play was against. You know, who did this guy beat? As we all know, a good example is this year at the A-Day when the final possession of the game, when Malik Benson caught about five balls in a row 
uh, including a touchdown and the whole drive was, you know, Milro to Benson, Milro to Benson, Milro to Benson, Milro to Benson touchdown. And if that's all you heard, Luke, if that was all the information you had, you're like, hey, I think they found a number one wide receiver. That's incredible. He caught five balls in a row. He obviously couldn't be covered. He caught a touchdown pass. It was from Milro. Uh, sounds like we found wide receiver one. But we all watched A-Day. We know that on that drive, the defense was full of nothing but third-team freshmen and, and walk-ons. And that's who Malik Benson beat down the field. So that, that really doesn't mean anything. So I would just caution everyone that's reading too deep into, hey, I heard this play happened, or there was a bust, and there's a long touchdown. We, it all lacks context. So I, I wouldn't read too deeply into it. It's all interesting and it's all stuff we want to know, but it lacks context in, in terms of, of, of what's really important. And, uh, and here we are, Luke, now just basically uh, now less than or right at two weeks away from the first game. Uh, one other point to make, because you talked about, you know, if Milrow's going to start, he needs the reps. Um, right now we're in fall camp. They literally call it fall camp. And fall camp ends Wednesday. And why does it end? Because the kids are back in school. School starts at Alabama on Wednesday. So starting Wednesday or Thursday, uh, but I think Wednesday, they're going to stop fall camp. In other words, the, the position battles will end. Jockeying for first team, second team, that will end. As soon as fall camp ends, the next practice is about game prep for Middle Tennessee State. That's what they will work on. And at that point, they will have a starting quarterback. Now, I don't think Nick Saban's going to tell us, and I don't think we're going to get practice photos and video anymore to show it because they don't do that for game prep. But the team will know because, hey, we're going to start getting ready for Middle Tennessee State, and, and, and the players on the field, they'll know which quarterback's getting most of the reps. Normally, Luke, normally they work on about a 70-30 deal where the first-team quarterback gets about 70% of the reps and the second-team guy gets 30%. They might change it up a little bit because, in this instance, the second-team guy's probably going to play. Uh, so maybe it'll be more 50-50. I don't know. But but that will start once they start prepping for Middle Tennessee and be done with fall camp. And, and uh, by the way, uh, teams can be off. For those that don't know, team is not practicing Sunday or Monday. They are recovering because they practice six days in a row, and it's incredibly hot. So no practice Sunday and Monday. The staff will work, and there will be staff meetings probably all day long. Uh, but then Tuesday, they'll practice again. Wednesday, they'll practice, and that will end fall camp. Thursday starts Middle Tennessee prep. Oh, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. Are you serious? I think it was good, was good you were muted for that. That, that possibly wasn't a, possibly wasn't a uh, G-rated word. I'm no, I'm no lip reader. I couldn't really tell. God, that's awful. All right. Oh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and helps you find them faster and for free. That's the most important part. All you got to do is go to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are indeed hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leasing competitors. 
leasing competitors? No, leading competitors. LinkedIn mm-hmm. jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions may, and I bet they will apply. Jimmy, as the uh, Locked On Bama goes on this week, we will be talking about some other things. We'll probably have a podcast tomorrow and talk a little more about uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, who committed. That was wonderful. He he pulled like like these these guys are really getting they're, they're going beyond the hat trick now. Like he actually put on everything and then took it all off. But we'll talk about that in a minute for Missouri. Um, anywho, I'm still, I'm still hoping one. I'm, I'm begging someone out there. I'm begging someone out there. That, that's highly recruited, that has offers from everybody, like a five-star, when you get about 135 days short of signing day, like 135 days, when it, whenever that is, put 135 hats in front of you each day, each day, and every day remove one. Oh, that's like, okay, that's good. I'm not going to Miami of Ohio, and you find the Miami of Ohio hat, you got to say, I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm not going to Miami of Ohio. And then you and, and then you go live on your Instagram feed the next day, and then you you remove a hat each day until you're you know 135 days later you have your decision. I'd watch. I would watch. All right. Um, we got. I, I want to say something good really quickly. Uh, we want to just a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to play. Uh, actually, I'm going to do that in the third segment. I'm going to do it in the third segment because I want to make. Uh, I want to leave everybody on a happy note. On another sad note, uh, our wide receivers couldn't catch COVID if they licked doorknobs at the airplane at the airport bathroom. They could not. I, I, I say that jokingly because that has been the story. We again, not everybody can go to this scrimmage. In fact, only a select few can. But all the talk everywhere has been, um, we got the dropsies like you would not believe. Yeah, weirdly, Coach Saban said today, and it's pretty scary because I read those reports too from from various fans. But weirdly, Coach Saban said uh, the drops were better today, and that that if if there was a lot of drops and it was better, that's a little scary. But look, I think what I think what's happening a little bit here is the problem is a bit exaggerated, and that's why Coach Saban said what he said. I think it's a bit exaggerated, and and I don't think that. You know, what can happen as a group is you get the yips, you know, that, that, that golf word for all of a sudden you can't make a two-foot putt. I mean, you can do it, you can do everything good in golf except, hey, uh, I haven't made a two-foot putt in a while. Uh, it, it, you just, it's a mental thing. And I worry that's what's happened to that wide receiver group is they're worried about it. And, it, and it's kind of becoming a thing. Um, you know, when we had drop issues last season to an extent, but – you know, Pro Football Focus uh, keeps drop stats, and Alabama's drop stats actually weren't terrible. Uh, I, I think I think we just get so focused on the errors that that we see the errors, and we're like, "Gosh, it's terrible that we do this." But actually, every team has drops, and 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 it's just part of of, of college football where you where you play a lot of young players. But uh, I'm excited myself, Luke, uh, over about six wide receivers, uh, I, I'm, and maybe more. But I think there's – we know Ja'Cory Brooks is a pretty good player. We know Jermaine Burt was a pretty good player. I hear really good things about Isaiah Bond this fall. I've heard really good things about Malik Benson. Uh, Kendrick Law made a big play today, they say. Uh, Kobe Prentice caught 31 balls a year ago as a true freshman. That's really impressive. So, look, there's, there's no reason to think that the wide receiver room at Alabama is anything other than pretty good. 
but if they got the yips. Okay. Now let, let me say, let me just read a few things from the Bama online report. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, I wonder if some of these drops had been catches, how much happier we would be with quarterbacks right now. That That's <laughs> interesting. But another source said Ty Simpson drove the length of the field on his first drive, but freshman Jalen Hill dropped what would have been a touchdown pass that would have kept it off. But, of course, he dropped it. Um, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of skimming here. The that's first bad. Pass catches, I'm sorry? That's bad. I would say that's bad. I mean, and, and if, if this actually happened, because we don't know, it's just a source, if that actually happened, one thing I'll point out is, well, I just went over six wide receivers that we think will be the main guys, and Hale's not one of them, and he's a true freshman. I think in and of itself, we shouldn't panic over that, but that, you know, something tells me I wasn't the only trust. So. Okay, and how about this? The first team pass catchers included Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond, and Malik Benson. Ja'Cory Brooks was not on that list. That's interesting. And then this is the paragraph that should scare the bejesus out of everybody. Drops continue to be a problem. Benson was a part of that first group, but he dropped what should have been an easy touchdown from Milrow after getting impressive separation. Now Black had a drop on what one source said would have, was a laser from Dylan Lonergan. Ja'Cory Brooks then dropped a Buckner throw that would have gone for a decent chunk of yardage. Even Robbie Oost, who typically has reliable hands, dropped a pass. Not sure who the quarterback was. Bond also dropped what would have been a touchdown later in the scrimmage. So the, <laughs> one source apparently also said there are too many drops. That's definitely a thing right now. It's a strange thing. There were too many drops, but I don't think any receiver had more than one. So, okay, nobody's dropping all of them, but everybody's well, dropping some yeah. of them. And that's I don't know which one's better. That's why I described it that way as the yips. I, I think it's in their head a little bit. It's, it'd be different if it was like one guy like, boy, all of a sudden Burton can't catch the ball. He drops everything. It's not that. It's just that hey, you're, you're playing – you know, obviously in a scrimmage, you play everybody. There's 11 wide receivers at Alabama on scholarship right now, 11. Uh, presumably, we don't know this, but presumably all of them played today to some extent. Well, I get the impression from that that there's like 11 drops and they all had one. <laughs> you know, so it's not like you can like, God, it's just one guy or it's the starters. It, I, it, it seems room-wide, and that's why it probably seems like it's a thing. But, again, I'll note, here's the most important note. Coach Saban himself said there were fewer drops today. So that that's that it, it is a little scary. But at the same time, I, I like this wide receiver group. I really do. And two of them are proven players and, and Brooks and Burton. We know they're good players. We've seen them play uh, pretty good football before. And there's every reason to think Benson's going to be good. And of course, we're returning uh, Bond, Law, and Prentice from last year's team. Uh, and, and they, you know, they're all promising. We know this. We've seen them. We know they're promising. Yeah, it's, and again, boy, just thinking out loud here, if Benson catches the pass from Milrow it, early on in the scrimmage, a, a deep pass, I think everybody's like, okay, Milrow's won this gig. Benson's a guy. A guy. We're, we're good. But that one yeah. play, that and again, I wasn't there, but that one play feels like something that, can start a chain reaction. And yeah. it is so ironic because today on SEC Network, the 2018 Georgia-Bama National Championship game was on, and I, I had to watch a dang near the whole thing because I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm, sc I'm still scared we're going to lose. And um, as I'm watching it, you know what happened when, when Tua comes in and Leatherwood, you know, comes – he's there starting for Jonah Williams and 
then some of the other freshmen start making plays. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith obviously made the ultimate play, but he made some other plays before that. Henry Ruggs is making some plays. Um, shoot, uh, Najee Harris is making some plays. I mean, you know, it just started like a chain reaction. It's momentum is a crazy thing. And uh, I think that, you know, an early drop like that can really lead to yips for everybody for whatever reason. Whereas if he catches it, I, I think that it starts the other way. But, yeah, that can be contagious too. Making a play can be contagious, just like making a bad play. Right. And uh, one thing, you know, the quarterback people are hypercritical about the quarterback situation. You have to remember that not every bad play is on the quarterback. I mean, no, not, right. I mean not, not every incompletion is a bad decision or a bad throw. Uh, not every interception is necessarily a, a, a quarterback. I remember. I mean, you know, Kirby Smart recently talked about that. He's like, hey, if I told you today that Carson Beck threw an interception at the scrimmage, there's going to be a negative reaction to that. He's like, but what if I told you that the ball was thrown 30 yards down the field, perfectly hits the wide receiver between the numbers, and then the wide receiver ball popped up in the air because the receiver just made a poor attempt at the catch. And that's why I'm always talking about context. A lot of these plays that we hear about in the scrimmage, we don't have the whole context. So, we shouldn't assume too much. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'm uh, going to leave you on some good notes here. So y'all stay tuned. And we're back. Uh, Jimmy, uh, one good thing that came out of this, we'll talk about all the other positions later. I don't want to, I, I kind of want to break them down a little bit each per segment. So uh, I did want to say shout out to Roy Dell Williams, who apparently got a lot of first team reps and, and started out first team. And uh, he was running really well, apparently. He, but even that, he had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown by um, by Kool-Aid McKinstry. So, whereas you can say, hey, that's great for Kool-Aid. Uh, at the same time, it's not great for Roy Dell. But those Thank things happen. Yep. Right. The now, if, there's, if there's a good play, there's also a bad play. That's right. Now, this segment's going to be a little shorter, but I want everybody to stay tuned because I'm going to uh, do a couple of clips here. First of all, uh, I'm so excited, man. I, I think my wife thinks I'm crazy all day today. I've been watching NFL network. I've been watching, you know, SEC network. They've been showing old games. I, last night I got home in time. I was like recording the Langston Hughes Carrollton game. Uh, a lot of Bammer influence all over the place. Uh, the offensive linemen that are committed look really good to me. Um, but how about this catch from tight end Caleb Odom. You want to get fired up? It's ironic. I'm about to show you a highlight of a catch when apparently we've talked about how much we drop. But help is on the way. All you have to do is watch this. He's got Odom at the top of the screen. Lewis, pump fake over the middle. One-handed grab brings it in. There's Caleb Odom. Touchdown, Carrollton. All right, how about that? That guy is a dude. He, I don't know how many yards he ended up with. Now, they ended up losing the game because uh, Aaron Nolan, who's the Ohio State commit for Langston Hughes, is pretty doggone good. But um, uh, Juju Lewis looked really good, too. Juju Lewis really reminded me, of course, the, the top quarterback in the 2026 class. He may reclassify, who knows. He reminded me so much of Bryce Young. He's a little bit diminutive. Um, but he's got such a great pocket presence, and he's got great zip on the ball, even though he's not the biggest dude on the planet. But that catch from Odom, and then Odom had several other catches. I, I'm going to guess he had over 100 yards receiving. I, I feel like he probably did. Um, help is on the way. If there's a better right. tight end in the country, 
that guy's frightening in terms of high school. Well, a couple things. Uh, number one, here's one reason. I mean, my comfort, like when I watch Caleb Odom and that catch and, and Caleb Odom's highlight tape, he reminds me a lot of Amari Nablack, you know, because uh, Nablack looked really similar to me as a, as a high school senior. And that, that's, so that's really my comp for Caleb Odom. And the good news here is Nablack, uh, per Nick Saban, is, is becoming a big story of, of fall camp. And I think Nablack is not only going to play a lot of first-team football for Alabama this fall. I think he's a primary target. And by that, I mean not – you know, I, I would put the over-under right now on catches for Nyblack. Uh, I'm going to say 30-30, which is a lot for a tight end, particularly a tight end who's going to share time with CJ. And, and particularly under an offense know. that's going to run the ball a lot. Exactly, exactly. So, I, I'm, I'm – so, and, and – so Amari's going to have a big season and Caleb Odom's going to be coming right behind him. I would just remind people too that Caleb Odom's highlights are him catching balls. And that's just one half of the job at tight end like Nye Black. He's going to have to get in that weight room and add a uh, significant muscle, significant size and not be a liability as a blocker. Uh, Nye Black snaps last season as a true freshman were pretty limited because they didn't trust him as a blocker, right? So he didn't play a lot. Yeah, he was a good pass receiver a year ago, but you can't put a tight end on the field who's, who's a liability as a blocker. That's not an issue anymore. Now Black is now, uh, they say, a good blocker. He's certainly added the size. So I'm, I'm excited about Caleb Odom because I see what's happening with Amari Now Black, and I think Odom's just going to be a sequel to Now Black. So that, that's pretty exciting. And then I've uh, been watching a lot of preseason NFL. Uh, DeMarco Hellams had another interception for the Falcons. Uh, Eli Rick still playing well. I thought Bryce Young only had 35 yards passing. I thought he looked awesome. He had some really great moments. Um, he he has no help on the offensive line. He might get killed this year. Uh, but the, uh, the most exciting thing I saw happened just about an hour ago, and here it is. And Miami continues. High snap. Thompson able to pull it down, but there's Will Anderson, and the ball's out. Thompson able to pounce on top of it, but the number three overall pick, Will Anderson, with the pressure, the sack, and a huge loss for Miami back to the 12. Look, when you talk about violence, when you talk about just making plays, he runs over the running back who's trying to block him for whatever reason. That was disgusting. Um, and also, this should be noted, the Texans love them some Henry Toa Toa. Um, I mean, they really do. And he's playing very, very well for them right now. But what Will Anderson just did on that video clip is criminal. I think it was criminal for the Dolphins to not have a lineman uh, block Will Anderson. Right in and that is a, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. If the Dolphins' plan was, oh, Will Anderson, we'll just use a back to pick him up. That's, yeah. that's not good football. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Will's a playmaker, and that, that was awesome. Great to hear what you said about Toho Toho. Uh, happy he's doing well. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, he, he's a good football player. Uh, he was good at Alabama. I think our fans really underrated, undervalued how good he was. Uh, because I guess, we, you know, we get spoiled. I, I say all the time, Saban has spoiled it. He's ruined this. We, th we think inside linebackers are Reuben Foster and Rolando McLean and Reggie Ragland. And then, then here comes this fifth round pick and we're like oh well he's not very good you know it's about the worst thing we do at Alabama right now is when we 
don't think our day three picks in the draft are good players. I mean, we're, that, that's the worst thing we do as fans. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're drafted to play NFL, you're a really good football player. I think NFL fans, maybe a lot of Alabama fans aren't NFL fans, but I think NFL fans, people that really know that league, they all know this. If you're drafted, you play in the NFL, you're a good football player. They, they don't have that players in that league. All right, buddy. We will talk again tomorrow, and we'll talk some more scrimmage stuff as, as news will keep trickling out, and we will try to decipher and make sense of all of it. We will talk about that tomorrow. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.